the foundation isn't there for Bailey Zappi yet. He didn't beat out Brian Hoyer in the preseason. And he just, he's had a couple of good games here, but that's a small sample size in the NFL. Mac Jones has a, has more of a foundation behind him. Oh man, Bailey Zappi mania cannot be stopped. Not when it comes to the Patriots fan base. We'll be weighing in on Zappi versus Mac Jones. Who should get the ball when Mac Jones is healthy? Takes on all of that coming up in just a little bit. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Oh man, the Pats are back at 3-3, three and three, Jordy. The quarterback situation, that thing just keeps getting juicier by the day. I like to ask you this every week, but how you feeling about your football team right now? Feeling a little bit better? I'm feeling a lot better. Three and three, we're back in the mix. You know, got some still some easier games coming up on the schedule. I thought the Browns in this six game stretch at Cleveland was probably their hardest their hardest game yet. And thirty eight to fifteen is pretty amazing. Let's go. That of course is the voice of Jordy McElroy. Find his stuff on the Patriots Wire. Does great work along with his crew. Uh, and if you're finding this podcast for the first time. Hit subscribe and tell people about it. We appreciate you. Uh, but, Jordy, let's get right into the show. Lead topic around Boston right now is obviously Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, right? And I think the, the real question is, should the Patriots go back to Mac, right? And when should they go back to Mac, if so? And I thought I saw one thing that was interesting that I wanted to get your take on right off the jump here. Bailey Zappi went on Boston Sports Radio this week, and he said that he didn't know he was starting against the Browns until Saturday. And Mac Jones made the trip to Cleveland, right? So... That makes me feel like Mac's kind of getting close, right? 65, 75%, whatever you want to call it, he's getting closer. And if he's good enough to go this week, he's got an extra day to get ready, right? It's a Monday night game. My gut tells me that we're going to see Mac Jones start against the Bears. And I think if Mac's fully cleared, can move and protect himself and can play, I think he should be the guy. I'll tell you why in a minute, but I want to get your take on it. If Mac's ready to go, should the Patriots go back to him this week? Yeah, obviously they should go back to him. I mean, I get I get all the the zappy noise or whatnot. You know, it's it, it's been an incredible story for him. And I mean, he actually he impressed me against the Browns. He comes into that game, he throws for over three hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. And I mean, he looks incredibly poised for a rookie quarterback in ways that you don't normally see. But you know, but Patriots fans, they're just they're so obsessed with winning. I feel like it kind of clouds some judgment at times. And let's be real, their butts aren't the ones on the line making these types of decisions. You can't just play musical chairs with the quarterback position. So this isn't a situation where you can just you know Belichick's just going to come to Mac Jones and say, hey, you know, I'm going to give your job to Bailey, and Mac just responds, gee, thanks, Bill, for taking my job away. I'll be right here when, <laughs> when and if you need me. So, I mean, that, that's not happening. You kind of risk burning some bridges. You go with your guy. You go with the starting quarterback. You go with go with Mac Jones, and you put him behind center, and you see what he can do. You know, we got to give we got to give give the team a little credit here, right? They've, they've improved. The offensive line is playing better. You know, uh, Matt Patricia doesn't look like he doesn't look like an absolute disaster waiting to happen calling the offensive plays. I mean, obviously, other than Isaiah Wynn, he hasn't really improved on the offensive front. But, you know, they're playing better. The receivers are actually making plays. And the tight ends are finally getting involved, too. Let's put Mac behind center and let's see what he can do. Now, if he turns into a turnover machine again, then maybe maybe you have maybe you have a, a little shorter leash on him in terms of Bailey Zappi getting in there. But Max number one, Bailey can be number two ahead of Brian Hoyer, and that's the way that the, that the depth chart should shake out. First of all, the Zappi love fest, Zappi mania. It's how can you not love it? Like, how can you not love the kid? 
He didn't flinch in Green Bay. Since then, he's held his own, more than held his own. As you said, Jordy, he was excellent against the Browns. But Patriots fans, like, they forget that last year the Patriots played the Browns with Mac Jones, a QB, and they won 45-7. to And Mac threw three yeah. touchdown passes, had a QB rating of 142.1. And we were all <laughs> dancing in the street saying, we got our next quarterback. You know, we got our guy. <laughs> so come on. It's like, what have you done for me lately, right? It, it's been a fun stretch for uh, Zappy, right, Jordy? But... You just mentioned it. He didn't beat out Brian Hoyer in the preseason, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer was the backup. <laughs> Zappy was the third string. So it took two injuries for us to even kind of get Bailey Zappy mania. And I see this brought up all the times from fans, right? They bring up that, oh, Belichick's ruthless. Look what he did to Drew Bledsoe in 2001, right? He gave Tom Brady the job. He's ruthless. He'll, he'll take away Mac Jones's job. He doesn't care. If he likes Bailey Zappy, he'll go with him. Well, there was a foundation there, right? Right, Jordy? Like, if you go back to that season... Brady had been nipping at Bledsoe's heels a little bit. He had he had beaten out veterans in training camp. He was the number two quarterback. So when Bledsoe did get hurt, it was Brady's turn. And then when it looked good, and it was different. He could make that change. The foundation isn't there for Bailey Zappi yet. He didn't beat out Brian Hoyer in the preseason. And he just he's had a couple of good games here. But that's a small sample size in the NFL. Mac Jones has a has more of a foundation behind him. So there's got there has to be something to fracture that as you were just saying, for, for them to really make a change and make Bailey Zappy QB1. I don't really take it seriously. As fun as Zappy Mania is, Jordy, I'm trying to live in reality here, and I think the reality tells me that Mac Jones is QB1. Bailey Zappy's now QB2. He's moved. He's QB2 now, and now there's a competition, right? If Zappy gets another start like this week, we can keep evaluating it. We can see how it goes in practice. We can see if Mac struggles, as you said. We can look how it, see how it looks in the offseason. Like, the competition yeah. is on. I love that. It's good for young quarterbacks. Good for Mac Jones. But come on, stop it. If Mac's ready to go on Monday night, <laughs> he's getting the ball, right? Come on. He is. And I mean, and, and how about some support for a quarterback, right? I mean, Mac Jones went to the Pro Bowl in his first in his first year as a rookie last year. And then he comes in this year. He loses his offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. And come, he comes into the season with Matt Patricia as his new offensive coordinator pretty much. And they're struggling early on because they're playing very tough teams. The offensive line's trying to get it together. They're trying to install a new offensive system. And just everything is just it's just kind of madness right now. So, obviously, Bailey Zappi, he's come in. He's looked good early. He's done a fine job. But, you know, it's this is still Mac's team right now. And kind of going back to what you said about the Cleveland Browns, Ryan, you know, Mac Jones and the Patriots, they – they were 45 to 7 last season against the in that Cleveland Browns game against a Browns team that had Miles Garrett, that had Javion Clowney, that had Denzel Ward playing. And Mac threw for 19 of 23 for 198 yards and a 90.5 QBR. So, yeah, maybe slow down a little bit there, right? 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I just I'm just chuckling because I think fans are going to hate this podcast, Jordy, because everybody loves Bailey's happy. <laughs> sorry guys, sorry, but last year we loved Mac Jones this much. Uh, it's okay to have two quarterbacks you really like, and people forget that they like Mac Jones. Um, I think we'll be reminded of it at some point this season. But let me spin the, the question this way, Jordy, right? So we get into the week here. We get into practice. Jones, is he continues to be limited, right? And let's say we get to around kickoff a Monday night, and he is 85 to 90%. Not quite there. Still not looking perfectly right, right? Still not moving a, a, as well as he probably should be, uh, but he wants to go. What do you think? Should they let Bailey Zappi go one more time, or would you give the ball to Mac if he wants to go and he feels like he can do it, but he's not quite 
And the thing is, I'm actually, I mean, I believe Mac wants to go, period. Because he can, if you were to ask him straight up about all this Bailey Zappy noise, obviously he'll sidestep it like a ninja yep. because that's what all Patriots players do. But he obviously wants to go. He hears this noise. He wants to get out there and remind, remind fans what he can do. But on the Patriots side of the things, if you're, if you're Bill Belichick, I mean, if you really need Mac Jones to beat the Chicago Bears, then you have bigger problems than, than you already do. So I'm thinking from Belichick's perspective, you're gonna you're gonna keep playing Bailey Zappi. If if Mac Jones is, you know, kind of still iffy eighty five, ninety percent, which you don't want having happen is him going out there and injuring himself significantly. Because I'm still of the belief that the team has a better chance to win with Mac Jones right now. I mean, we don't know Bailey Zappi's ceiling. So I know Patriots fans are probably upset because it is Zappy mania right now. So I'm not putting a ceiling on a kid. He might be better than Mac Jones down the road. I don't know. I don't think enough has happened for us to know. But for right now, Mac Jones is their best option. So he's the guy that's going to give you the best chance going down the stretch most likely. So if he is not ready to go completely, I think you roll Bailey Zappy out there and you get the easy win against Chicago in New England. I'm with you. Yeah, if Max not 100%, if he can't move and protect himself and he's not fully cleared and we don't see him practice, like I want to see him practicing all week and getting those reps because yeah. he hasn't played in a while, right? What is it? 3 games he's missed now? Like mm-hmm. if he's not there, you got to go with Bailey Zappi, right? Cuz he's fine. He's fine. You should be able to beat the Chicago Bears at home on Monday night. Uh your big favorites. We'll get into the spread and and talk about that a little bit more coming up, but yeah, if Max not fully cleared and he's not fully practicing, Go with Bailey Zappi one more week. Don't rush him back. But when he is 100%, the ball should go back to Mac Jones. I think it will. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we'll keep talking about that throughout the uh, the coming episodes of the podcast, Jordy, because that's a story that will never die. Uh, but coming up next, we want to get into the Patriots 2022 draft class a little bit deeper. We talked about it last week, but I saw something interesting. Mike Reese put out a tweet about the trade back. The Patriots traded back from 21 to 29 in the first round. And what has materialized from that one trade? It might be the, the most value anyone's got from any trade in that entire draft class. We'll talk about that coming up next. But first, let's set our fantasy lineups. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Ori Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number seven. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Tennessee Titans. Regardless of what happens with this banged-up backfield, the smartest way to attack this vulnerable defense is through the air. Ryan evidenced this in Week 4 by logging 359 yards, 2 touchdowns, and 25.4 fantasy points. The Titans have surrendered at least 317 passing yards in 4 straight games, and every quarterback to face this defense has tossed at least 2 touchdown passes. No quarterback has thrown more than 1 interception in this time. Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt at the Baltimore Ravens. This matchup favors pass-catching backs far more than it does those who make their living on the ground, like Hunt's backfield mate Nick Chubb. This is the number six opponent for receptions allowed and number eight for aerial gains over the past five weeks, though none of the 28 total catches since week one found the end zone. The downside here is that Hunt has no more than three catches in five straight games, including none last week, and he topped out at four grabs for 24 yards and a touchdown back in week one. He's somewhat risky, but the upside's tremendous. Wide receiver DJ Moore versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, quarterback PJ Walker steps into the starting lineup this week and he has a small sample size of targeting Moore. 
In Walker's 2020 start, he threw 31 times, sending 11 Moore's direction, and the duo connected on 7 of them for 127 yards to pace the team in targets and yardage. Last week, 6 of Moore's targets came from Walker. Tampa's given up the 10th most catches per game to wide receivers in the last 5 weeks, and the position has averaged a touchdown per game over that time. Gerald Everett, Los Angeles Chargers versus Seattle Seahawks. Despite seeing seven looks in week six, Everett's second highest total on the year, it produced only 29 yards on five receptions. While it looks like LA will get Keenan Allen back on the field this week, there's a silver lining here to be found in the matchup itself as Everett's former boss has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends in the last five weeks. No team has given up more yardage and this is the third best opponent to face for the odds of scoring a touchdown. Like Kareem Hunt, he's risky, but there's definitely upside at play here. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. I wanted to take a look back at the Patriots 2022 draft class a little bit more because Mike Reese, longtime patch reporter for ESPN, one of the best out there. I think he his stuff comes on, you know, stuff he's reporting comes on Patriots Wire all the time. It's easy to forget, as Mike Reese pointed out, the the haul that the Patriots got to trade back from 21 to 29. I think we all we all remember the Patriots like reaching for Cole Strange based on what all the pundits were saying, right? Like Cole Strange, he was supposed to be this day two pick. The Patriots pick him at 29. That's all we remember. We forget that they move back from 21 to 29 sometimes. It's easy to forget because the Patriots do this all the time. So they trade back from 21 to 29. They draft the player that they were probably going to pick anyway. They wanted Cole Strange, whatever. They get back number 94 overall and number 121 overall. Now they flip that number 94 pick to the Panthers get Carolina's fourth rounder, which was number 137 overall, and an extra third rounder next year. Hopefully that is coming through on audio okay, right? I know that's a lot. Uh, (laughs) But they end up, Jordy, here's where I was going with this. They end up with Cole Strange at number 29, Jack Jones, who you know I'm obsessed with, at number 121, Bailey Zappi at number 137, and they still have a third rounder next year that keeps getting better because Carolina is like tanking now so this pick is already in the 60s and it's improving by you know the week because Carolina is so bad so what a freaking haul right that's never that's never mind the fact that they got Tyquan Thornton they moved up in the second round he scored two touchdowns on Sunday right they draft Marcus Jones in the third round Jordy he's playing more right he's your punt returner he's played half the snaps at corner this past week with Jonathan Jones out so this draft just looks better and better by the week and when you really look back at that trade from 21 to 29 and what the Patriots got, oh, man, the, the it's good eating on the returns, right? That's good stuff. And I mean, and, and, and most of us, <laughs> including myself, I'm not, even, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to be honest, you know, because I talk with my chest. So, you know, most of us, we were trying to rush Bill Belichick out the door as a, <laughs> as a general manager. I was with Kendrick Bourne. I'm like, what are we doing, Bill? What are we doing? <laughs> Right. And I mean, like the, the cold strange pick for me, like, I mean, I just, I just thought it was strange. <laughs> like, especially. I was thinking the same thing in my head. I'm like, this is what I would say, Jordy. Oh, you nailed it. Of course. Go on. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, especially like as high as they picked him up, and I'm thinking in my head, like surely nobody was going to get him that high. Uh, and I mean, like I look and, and look, I'm from Tennessee, and the state of Tennessee it bleeds football. If you don't believe me, just look at the field goal post that the Vols fans savagely yeah, yeah. ripped down in the celebration <laughs> over that win over Alabama in just a regular season game. But anyway. You know, I can tell you right now, most Tennessee football fans outside of Chattanooga, they didn't they didn't know who the hell Coach Strange was at the time. And he's showing potential of a future star on the rise on the offensive front. And then, you know, like speaking of stars, you get a guy like Jack Jones, who Ty Law kind of chastised there for talking trash and making plays. And Jack Jones, he's still talking trash and making plays right now. And J.C. Jackson's being benched by the, by the Chargers. So, you know, it's just – it was an incredible pickup. And then obviously Bailey Zappi stepping in and taking the reins at quarterback and basically helping to save the season when Mac Jones is out. I mean, it's just, it's a master stroke by Bill Belichick. What more can you say? I mean, most people didn't think he had any such moves left as a GM, but it's incredible, man. He still got this third rounder next year that again, the Panthers yeah. are tanking and it's projected in the high sixties right now. And it's getting, just getting better by the week. It's awesome. It's great. So I wanted to use that as a kind of a vehicle, Jordy, to get into a little bit more commentary about some of the rookies, in particular Tyquan Thornton, right? I just think what we saw on Sunday with the Patriots kind of using Tyquan, giving him touches in the red zone, you're starting to see a method to the madness, right? Because I felt this way for a long time since Tom Brady left and they had Cam Newton and, and then Mac Jones. It's like, what are we doing in the red zone? We can't just run the ball every time. It can't just be Hunter Henry. We have to find someone else. Nikhil Harry didn't work out, right, Jordy? We tried to get Jacoby Myers going last year, and the, it was like trying to get him a, a touchdown was like pulling teeth. I think now we're seeing the method to the madness with Tyquan Thornton, right? His quickness uh, around the goal line, you know, off the, off the line of scrimmage, what he can do, he can get himself open fast. He has good hands. They use him on that little end around. Like, he scores two touchdowns in the red zone. I thought that was a, a really cool thing to see, and maybe we're seeing that thing come to fruition with Tyquan Thornton and how they plan to utilize him. And that was only in his second game, you know? And, I mean, like, I'll tell you right now, when you line up across from Tyquan Thornton, you better you better tape up those ankles, boy, because you'll lose them. I mean, his footwork is absolutely ridiculous. And, I mean, when he gets on the field and he did, you know, that, that jet sweep and he runs by defenders, it almost looked like they were running in slow motion. I mean, no in doubt. a way, it kind of no looked like they weren't even trying. <laughs> but they were. He's just that fast. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily a jump ball type of guy, but he, he has the footwork and the speed to, to get past defenders and find openings in a defense, almost sort of like, an, an, you know, Antonio Brown did early in his career. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that kind of leaned on his footwork and everything. And he was able to find openness in the defense. And he had quite the spectacular career until until the end there. But I love Tyquan Thornton. I think he can be a great guy for the team. I think he can be great in the red zone. And I, I'm actually I'm interested in seeing them utilize him even more, which seems like it'll be the case with the team kind of dealing with injuries right now. Yeah, I just I like that style of player in the red zone more than I like the Nikhil Harry style. Let's toss it up on the on the fade route thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or, or back shoulder even like. That stuff seems like it's got to be perfect. You got to have that perfect connection between quarterback and receiver. And obviously, uh-huh. with Nikhil Harry, that didn't that didn't come to fruition. Hey, hey, maybe we'll see some Nikhil Harry this week on Monday night. He's now a bear. He's now a Chicago <laughs> Bear. Uh, but I like the the guy that wins off the line of scrimmage and gets open and catches the ball and he's in space and he gives the quarterback a, a nice throwing and all that thing. Like that's I like that more. So give me Tyquan Thornton all day. I'm loving 
what we're seeing from this kid. And I kind of like that he came back quick from a broken collarbone or whatever it was, Jordy. Mm-hmm. And he's already out there making plays. But Tyquan Thornton, like Marcus Jones. Again, we had we had Jack Jones and Marcus Jones out there. Once we get Jonathan Jones back, we haven't got have we got all three Joneses together yet on the field? Once we get all three Joneses in the backfield in the in the secondary, look out, right? All three Joneses. Marcus, Jack, and Jonathan. I can't wait for that. But even Sam Roberts is like rotating in at defensive tackle, right? All these freaking rookies. I think yep. the only one we haven't really seen, Jordy, is Pierre Strong, uh, uh-huh. the fourth round uh, running back who we were kind of, you know, was going to be that speed back, maybe a help in the passing game. We haven't seen Pierre Strong more, mostly on special teams, but all these other guys, like the pundits. Kevin that Harris ki- having to step up too? Yeah, for sure. Kevin Harris was in there. So, like, all the pundits that killed the Patriots for their weird ass draft, and it was weird. It was strange. Their draft was strange at the time. <laughs> They're, they're not looking so good. This this draft class is looking uh, pretty sweet, isn't it? Let's go. No, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting them all in there. This was It was definitely one of Belichick's better drafts. And it's actually kind of sad that it's not getting a lot of play right now. But I think if the team continues to win games and, you know, people kind of pay attention to them a little bit more, which is crazy to say with the Patriots, but that's kind of where they're at right yeah, now. Yeah. I think people will start appreciating Bill Belichick's drafting and what, what he was able to do in 2022. And let's – Let's hope he continues. I mean, if he, if he can continue drafting like this, then hell yeah. I mean, be the de facto GM slash head coach. You, you'll get no more complaints from Jordy McElroy. <laughs> yeah, he'll be doing this when he's 80, for crying out loud, Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, so ob- it's just so obvious. Watching the Patriots for the last, what, 30 years of my life, it's like I just I notice when this many rookies are playing. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. We're just not used to seeing it. So it is pretty cool. The Patriots are such a young roster. And they're looking good. And they're playing another young roster this week in the Bears. Only they're they're playing much better football than the Chicago version of football. We'll get into that <laughs> thing. The Patriots are huge favorites at home. We'll tell you how much and make a pick here coming up next. But first, our friends over at the Bet Slipping Podcast have a play of the week. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slipping Podcast. Be sure to check out our sportsbook provider, uh, Tipico Sportsbook. All odds are presented by Tipico. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and they're live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 Gambler for New Jersey and 1 800 522 4700 for Colorado. You can get your welcome bonus at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to our game of the week. It is Chiefs at 49ers. The 49ers, again, three and a half points at home. The uh, the 49ers are three and one against the spread since 2020 as a home underdog. And this is a great buy low spot after they lost to the Falcons. They're number one in sack percentage and number two in opponents passing yards per game, going against one of the most lethal offenses in the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. Give me the 49ers to cover here. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, the Patriots, seven-and-a-half-point favorites, home against the Bears. Jordy, this game kind of fits the recent trend, I think, that we've seen, where Belichick humiliates Dan Campbell and shuts down their terrible quarterback, Jared Goff, and then Belichick coaches circles around Kevin Stefanski. 
and shuts down backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett, right? And now it's Belichick versus this uh, Matt Eberflus character in Chicago. That team's got the new coach, the new GM, the new everything, right? Uh, and it just feels like advantage Belichick, advantage Belichick. Like poor Justin Fields, he's not playing good football. He's got no one to really throw to. He got kind of banged up and crushed on Thursday night last week at when that, in that game against the Commanders, right? So I don't know. I don't know how you can look at this game and think the Patriots aren't going to romp the Bears, no matter who's at quarterback, whether it's Zappi or Mac Jones. But what's your leadoff take on Pat's Bears? Obviously not good for the Chicago Bears <laughs> coming into uh, into Gillette Stadium against this this Patriots team, especially the Patriots defense. You know, we we talk about the offense getting better, but the Patriots defense, that's a championship-level defense. I'll say it right now. That's a Super Bowl defense right there. And they are – I mean, they're, they're crushing – crushing just about mo- everyone in their path. I mean, obviously, only Lamar Jackson was the one that, you know, was able to kind of give him problems, and he's obviously a special specimen type of a, type of a player. But all of those other games, they look great in. And you get a Bears team that's completely one-dimensional, and they're leaning on the run game so heavily. And let's be honest, this isn't a run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt coming out of, out of the backfield like, like there was with the Cleveland Browns. You know, they don't have the same offensive line. And I mean, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. I mean, I, I would hate going against Bill Belichick being one dimensional, but they can't, they can't throw the ball. They actually, you know, they have the last, the last ranked passing offense in the entire league. So they're, they're coming in to run the ball. Belichick's going to stop the run. They don't have the receivers on the outside. They can beat a Jack Jones or Jalen Mills or whoever's back there for the Patriots. Is, you know, Belichick's kind of playing the musical chairs back there right now, but it's, yeah, it, it does not look good for the Bears. Uh, I expect the Patriots to roll in this game, and I've already the score I'm giving. I'm giving it a twenty-eight to ten. Patriots think it'll be easy. I don't care if Bailey Zappi's back there or if Mac Jones is back there. So you you won't have to worry about me hedging my bets like I did last week against the Cleveland <laughs> Browns. I'm going all in Patriots for this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have no problem laying these seven and a half points against this Bears team just because I've watched too much Bears football to even stomach this year, Jordy, but it's, it's so true. They, they, they are one-dimensional. And, and last week, like, the reason I liked the Patriots against the Browns last week we talked about is because I thought the Browns were predictable, right? Like, yeah. you got to stop the run, you got to stop Amari Cooper, you got to stop David Njoku. Like, those are the pieces you had to figure out. Well, the Bears are very similar to the Browns, as you, as you mentioned. Just their run game isn't quite as good with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, right? Uh-huh. And they're top receiver the really the only receiver that you got to worry about is Darnell Mooney he's not quite he's not even close to being as good as Amari Cooper and their tight end is this this kid Cole Komet and they're going to try to get him involved but he's not even close to being as good as David Njoku so this is a worse what about Nikhil Harry Nikhil Harry you <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. worried about him I'm very worried about <laughs> Nikhil Harry yes blocking when they get Nikhil Harry out there to block in the run game I'm very worried about Nikhil Harry was, I think his best game was in the uh, the Bills game in Buffalo last year where he was the the star blocker. I was like, thank God we got this guy in the first <laughs> round to block, Jordy. Yeah, Nikhil Harry. I can't forget about Nikhil. Oh, man. But yeah, I just think this is a, a much worse version of, of the Browns. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't worry about this at all. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Patriots roll. Like, how do you not shut down this Bears offense? It's just so conservative. It's not only do they, are they one-dimensional, Jordy, but they're so conservative. They don't take, they don't take chances. They just want to kick field goals. I think 10 points for them is a, is a pretty good pick. They might have a hard time getting the double digits, you know, you know, if the Patriots keep playing the way they are. So, yeah, should be. I, I think the last place the Bears want to be is Monday Night Football, to be honest. 
<laughs> yes, I mean, and then if the, if the if the Bears did by somehow roll into New England and and win that game, we're going to be having a way different conversation next Tuesday. So yeah. Monday Night Football, the spotlight, this is all Belichick. It's going to be ugly. And I think Sunday, Jordy, like I don't know how you spend your Sunday when, when the Pats aren't playing. I don't know if you get a little bit of a time, time off or something. You're not working all day long like usual on Pats Wire. But like this might be the weekend to like take the girlfriend apple picking or take the kids to the pumpkin patch. or, or do Like have you seen the slate this week? Like, like the Bills are on a bye. Philadelphia is on a bye. The Rams are on a bye. The Vikings, like all these winning teams are on a bye. And the, the slate is just dog crap. There's like no good games. I think it's Chiefs 49ers is the only thing that like qualifies as a decent game. And I don't like Jimmy G's played so bad right now that I don't think the 49ers <laughs> are going to have a hard time beating Kansas City even at home, right? Like the slate is just complete garbage. And I think the Monday night game too is not going to be very competitive. So I, I, this might be a rare Sunday where I like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I, try to convince the wife to go apple picking on a sun. I, I can't like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I might take a break from the TV. It's it, the slate looks so bad from afar right now. I think I'll probably do the same. And I mean, <laughs> and to, to your point, like I was looking at my fantasy lineups, oh, obviously yeah. ugly matchups, it's a man. brutal week. Yes. Yes. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Cause so many, so many players on by, I have Justin Jefferson who's been, my hero this whole this whole yep. time and yep. but obviously I get I get DeAndre Hopkins back so you know it's it's not it's not all loss not That's all the loss this weekend good, that was a good pick a very astute pick by you yeah he's coming back right when Marquise Brown gets hurt that's good for your fantasy team yeah yeah so yeah we hope we hope everyone's fantasy teams are doing well out there that's the only reason to watch football this weekend I think you know and then, and unless you like watching the Patriots beat up on bad teams and we'll get to see that on Monday night uh, so. <laughs> So very good. So so Jordy, any 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 parting advice for Patriots fans here before we sign off? We're we're your we're your celebration outfit to to this Monday night football <laughs> game. And please, please, whatever you do, don't turn down the field goal post because <laughs> you know, Tennessee fans or well, now Tennessee, they're trying to they're trying to get fans to actually pay for the field goal post that they tore down at that's the school. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that that's the funniest part about that whole thing. I don't think that happened to Cole Strange Strange uh Cole Strange's school did it with the with the uh, Chattanooga where he played. Uh, I don't think they tore yes, down the goalposts yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely didn't happen there. But obviously they they didn't beat Alabama and 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 that like it was a it was a Super Bowl game or a national championship. But hey, it is what it is. They're just they're excited fans here, and yeah, hopefully they get those paid for. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't beat it. College football, I think, is uh is kicking the crap out of the NFL product wise right now. There, there's just a better product in college football right now. Saturdays have been the way to be. I think I'll watch my football on Saturday, not Sunday this week. And then, there of course, go. tune in on Monday night. So, everybody, check out Patriots Wire from now till kickoff, especially uh, Jordy and the crew. They do great work over there. And hit subscribe if you could. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week after Pat's Bears. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.